tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after-show entertainment. AfterBuzz TV, the destination for TV superfans. Producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows. Interviewing celebrities and showrunners. And bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Head bounce. All right, guys, what is up? Welcome to another AfterBuzz TV Scandal After Show. This is episode 19. It's just a bill. Once again, we are your Fab Four. Excited to be here. Uh, it was a great episode, I think. Yes. Um, <laughs> really great. Uh, I'm Emilinus Jr., joined here with three amazing gladiators, starting with. Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Cornelia. Hey, everyone, I'm Sophia Stanley. And I'm Bam Erickson. Perfect. Now, you guys know this has been a long time coming for me. This right here was an episode. I love Rowan so much. And part of the reason that I love him is he's able to twist it, right? So we're, you know, we open up the scene. He's there with Olivia and they're they're in mid-conversation. But as always, it's really a one-sided conversation that he's having with himself, and it's almost as if he knows what she's going to say, so he answers for her and is almost having this entire dialogue, and he's like, no, but you can't retort that because I already have the comeback to your comeback. Right. Um, and for me, I loved when he leaned back and he goes, oh, because something's changed. And he realized that there was a certain aspect of Olitz, which... I think we all have been feeling has in fact changed. Mm -hmm. And for me in that moment, I recognize that for the last presumably three episodes, the reason I was disappointed was because presumably the relationship had in fact evolved. Um. Even though I had been asking for for Olitz to have some kind of movement either forward or back, I realized that that is in fact was what was happening. We finally had her make a decision that regardless of what she had previously sacrificed, arguably for Fitz, she had really sacrificed for the Republic. And therefore, if Fitz had to be a sacrificial lamb, then he should have been in the same way that she thought for herself, she should have been a sacrificial lamb and he had never gone to war. For me, it is not, it is 100% symbolic that it is Rowan who arguably is the only character who could have allowed me to recognize that in myself and that that is where my frustration stemmed from. But do we think she's going to go through with this sacrificial lamb? Because at the end of it, if everything comes out that Fitz has something to do with relating to B613, her name is going to come into into play at some point. Somewhere. So... Is she going to let this all of this happen, or is it just another one of those grandstanding moments where she wants to stand in the sun, and then when it gets hot, she's like, "Ooh, it's hot," and then she goes <laughs> back indoors. Is it going to be that? I mean, I don't know. I can see it going either way. I think <clears throat> the writers are probably going to find a way to have them come up with an alternative without revealing the information. Because I don't think, well, we'll get to later. I don't think that they're going to let the whole fits. Olivia thing completely die um, but I am glad to see that she has evolved as Sophia said and it wasn't until we did see the scene from Rowan and I like what he said he said no matter how white the night 
Right. You have realized that every man is like your father. I mean, there's nobody on this show. I, I used to think that Cyrus was like the king of monologues. There's nobody on this show that doesn't like Rowan. And I think bringing Rowan back, not only was it a great episode, but bringing Rowan back in this episode really um, renewed the passion that I have for this show. Mm-hmm. And it's been missing that spark. And I said a couple weeks ago that we're on the Shonda roller coaster. Mm-hmm. And Papa Pope pretty much had us at the top of the hill and was like, Bye, bitches. <laughs> I I enjoyed Reverend Ike's sermon. <laughs> I really did because um, Olivia doesn't, you know, she's her own woman. She doesn't like to listen. Right. And so to actually hear the words that were coming out of her dad's mouth, what can she say? What can she do? She was so pissed. She was like, get out. What else can she say? And so I like the fact that somebody actually called her out on her shit. To make her think. Right. Now, as far as her decision and to go against her dad, I do think that at some point she's going to continue out with this for as far as she can. And then Papa Pope is probably going to shut it down or there may be a twist. But what I what I do like about um, about Papa Pope is I like how I like what he's saying and how he's calling her out. I've said this before. This is twice that he said this. He's saying that I don't appreciate you picking these little two country corn fed white boys over your flesh and blood. And I like the fact that he's calling out, he's acknowledging what many people talk about privately, but not in an open form discussion. Yeah, no, that's a good point. He even called her a worthy opponent. He flicked her, <laughs> he flicked her blowout, like he grabbed her hair and was like, Poof. like he was totally running her. And like Bam said, at one point, all she could do is tell him to get out. But <laughs> it's just a classic battle between Hulk Hogan, who's Livia Pope, and the Macho Man Randy Savage. Who oh is. my gosh. They, they sound like some wrestlers, you know. Mm-hmm. So they, it was a good battle. We'll see if it holds up. Because Olivia can evolve. She can evolve. Her and Fitz can evolve. But I just don't see her letting it get to that point where Fitz is really being thrown under the bus. But you know, I agree. And um, Monica, let's see, Monica Colson just said um, that Rowell's on point and Liv played into Rowan's hands, which I totally agree. Hey, Monica. um, I agree. She's watching live on our YouTube stream. Yeah. I totally agree because. Reverend Ike's a very smart man, so he knows exactly how his daughter thinks. Just how that that other episode when they were at the restaurant, like he's always to Papa Pope keeps wanting to the streets. He does. Mm-hmm. However, and this is something that I don't know if we've said on camera, if we've said it off camera. However, he played her though, but not for his end goal that we've previously thought. Mm-hmm. So we always have thought that Papa Pope's <coughs> end goal is the protection of himself. When in essence, what he is on, the only thing that he has wanted for her is to be him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he is unbeatable. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, when he was playing her, what he was doing was, I want you to be me. And no matter what the consequences, I want you to pick a side and know that there is no other option but winning or death. Right. That's what he did. So if in theory, that is the role of the parent, right? The role of the parent is to raise your child 
a little bit of, of cuddly love, a little bit of tough love, but at the end of the day, your child has to go out in the world and fend for themselves, even if their decisions are contrary to your own, because all they have is themselves to stand up to. True. Or for, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what he did. And for me, and maybe it's it's my own personal gut, I know that there are tons of people who don't like Rowan. I think underlying, that's why I've always liked him. Because at the end of the day, no matter how his tactics may seem, he is a father who wants the best for his daughter. And that's why he said, you are a warrior. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're right. Now, you talk about tough love. You talk about cuddly Oof. love. What about not love, just that raw passion? Where's my fan? How do I leave <laughs> my fan? Say it again. That raw passion. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah. lit up the screen. Where is the church fan? No, I don't even know where the church fan uh, is. Oh, right, oh we need God. some church fans. Wait, wait. Like, you know how the urchers do, how they stand up and they do this? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Because I'm about sheet. to catch the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Yeah. So, and then, and then we do this. It's, oh my it's goodness. It's going to be okay. Right? Gonna no, be but okay, it's not. Baby. It's not. Because I, I need to go home and rewatch it by myself, not with these guys uh, up in here. Uh, but no, uh, it was it was, it was was so textbook Olivia that immediately, you know, we realize that Russell is behind the couch. She, you know, un, undoes his duct tape and pretends like they drank too much as he was singing. She overplayed her hand. And when he comes to the door, because she basically is having a hard day, and she does not call Fitz, she does not call Jake. I know that presumably tons of people thought that she called anyone else but Russell. And when she was at the door and she explained to him that with Alex it isn't complicated, and I think you said, Emil, the entire tone of her voice, her body language, it was just pulling him in. And she was like, no, it's Alex. Mm -hmm. No, it's Alex. And the minute he leaned in... Lord Jesus. What I, I said was X-rated, so I will not say it on here. But <laughs> and, and then it's just everything about it. I felt like there was a different energy. There was a different chemistry. There was a different, and I could be wrong, but yes, we have heard Olivia moan. But we haven't heard her moan like that. Mm-mm. No, Mm-mm. it was a, it was a different register, right? Yeah. He put it down. Yeah, he was touched. She touching. got the draws, mm-hmm. guys. Mm-hmm. He gave her the draws. <laughs> <laughs> he gave her the draws. He was getting the spots that oh. fits. I mean, just the minute he took <laughs> off his <Not> shirt. <laughs> and we will leave it at that. I'm not even talking I about know. the wood. I'm just saying, getting <laughs> to spots that fits. Or Jake could not reach. All right. Well, let me just now. Oh, now Lord. that y'all done. Oh, Downer. Womp womp. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to. Um, I'm going to. If I could, Cornelia. I don't have a. I, I don't want to use cold piece, but I think the way Olivia played Russell uh, played him. It was beyond smooth. I mean, she was, listen, she did what she had to do to get him inside to get what she did. But the way she just played him, she is the, she is the product of her dad. Because Rowan is good at playing people in the way that she went into the female daddy mode and did the, the hand on the wall. And then she did all this gyration. I mean, she played him. She played him to the T. She was like, no, I'm not Olivia. I'm Alex. I mean, she she did it. But real talk, though, in, in real life, she didn't even have to do all that. Because if I text you and say something's going on, I call you, you come over. As soon as you come over, you're not getting in the car driving over here at night in the dark. And you're not coming inside. Ain't no grown it's man. It's true. Putting his shoes and coat on, using gas. Gas is back to three dollars a gallon. <laughs> <laughs> it's back right. up. 
driving across town and the extended drip. I just wanted to make sure you're okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, bye. Turn around and get back in the car. You're not doing that. He was coming in regardless. Guys. He was coming in and coming he in. Coming in. He was coming inside. <laughs> but I was I was upset that he didn't stick to his guns because <laughs> he was he came over. He was he was coming in. He he showered before he got. He put his cute underwear on. I can't. Also, too, and I'm gonna regret this because of how the the episode uh, ends, mm-hmm. but. I think in that moment, because up until this point, there is no baggage associated with Russell, I think that similar to the scene with Tom, when Tom looks at Olivia and goes, I've never realized how beautiful you are. I feel like we got to see, see and hear in his articulation of her how beautiful and sexy, and he literally had to pause and goes, very sexy. Mm -hmm. Because normally, whether or not it's Jake or whether or not it's Fitz, there's so much baggage that, yes, it's sexy and it's steamy and it's so many things, but there always is a disclaimer. Mm -hmm. But up until that point, there is no but. He is simply an extremely handsome, extremely sexy, and presumably because he knew the languages she was speaking, a very well-educated and or successful man. Right. Who simply wanted to... Get the draws. Let me play devil's advocate really Guys. quickly before we move on. Okay, but the reality is some uh, Jesse Jesse Pa one on one just mentioned. Um, Rowan sent. Uh, Rowan sent. Did. Uh, yeah, that's why I said yeah, I'll regret yeah, it yeah. at the end. But so, in that moment. Yeah, yeah. So technically speaking. Does he really love her? Does he really like her? Because it's clearly that he's okay. Sent can I from, say? I'm going to tell you off. Yeah. I mean, also, how can you not? And this is my point. Mm-hmm. That's my point. Oftentimes, I think that with Olivia, it's easy. It's easy not to see Olivia as a real human being mm-hmm. because of all these other players. I don't care if Jake was a spy that was sent to to be with her. Mm-hmm. I don't care if Fitz was weak, and I don't care if Russell is really B six thirteen. Olivia Pope is an extremely beautiful, intelligent, dynamic, sexy mm-hmm. woman. Mm-hmm. Who wouldn't want to be with her? It doesn't need to be an assignment. That's just as the perk if it is your assignment to sleep with her. But I'm not saying no man could resist her, but no man could. And that's why they keep making the Helen of Troy analogy. Because Helen of Troy was the most beautiful before she was queen. That's why she had so many suitors. Right. And that's why once she married, the suitors still didn't go away because mm-hmm. they couldn't they couldn't be okay with that. They were like, we don't care if she's married. And think about that back in the day. Normally, if someone's already married, they're off limits. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, I don't care. I must have her for myself. That, I think, is what Olivia symbolizes. And up until that point, because we didn't know who Russell was, I think that's symbolically what they were trying to show, that she's a real woman. She's not a fantasy doll. She's a real woman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good point, Sophia. And speaking of uh, realness, the meat of this episode, or the scandal of the week, dealt with the Brandon Bill, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. was... Um, it was bringing back to life uh, the episode from a few weeks past mm-hmm. where uh, the young man was shot and killed. Um, so now they're introducing a bill to get passed for you know gun control and, and, and things surrounding um, violence um, towards young people. So we are introduced also um, to the VP again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She was brought in to be the deciding vote because the person who was supposed to be the determining factor went into labor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Great, congrats. You know, congrats. But she went into labor, so now the VP has to come in. And instead of being a puppet VP, like Fitz and everybody else and Cyrus assumed that she would be, she actually wanted to read the bill. Cyrus was like, come on, girl, it's time. The 1,200 pages. Yeah, it's let's bow. And she was like, okay, I'll read it when I'm done. Right. Part of me, I just don't understand how, I mean, I, I get how they can possibly see because of 
the nature of when she was first brought in, how she reacted in front of the media, how they might think that she's a little naive. But after they talked to her and after she expressed like the passion for what she wants to do for this country, I just find it hard to believe they would think that she would just be so gullible. And so easily moved by fits or the people in the White House to just say, oh, if you want me to pass this bill, I'll pass this bill. I yeah. Or my thing, even going along with that, Emil, the vice president has things to do, but the vice president is usually notorious for not having stuff to do. Sure. Like they, you know, they're not as busy as the president. They are, they they often are sent on like fluff assignments. She was at the spelling bee with the kids. <laughs> So she has plenty of time to read this 1,200-page bill. Right. In, in theory, she didn't because they were like, come on, girl, we need to vote right now. But, but it's, like, it's, what you mean? I'm going to read this whole thing. But it's not that It's not that her time was – yeah, she did have time to, to read it. But what she was reading, she, she didn't understand what she was reading. Oh, no, she no, understood. No, 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 I totally disagree. I, I totally disagree. She actually understood it so well. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but there were, there were certain aspects of – there were certain aspects of the bill that she had questions about. She needed clear. She needed clarification as to why certain things was because it wasn't making sense to her. That's what I meant. She got it, but she had questions about it mm-hmm. because because she was basically questioning why am I voting for this if this doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, it was. I mean, it, it turned out to be well. Fitz, he didn't read the bill either. Like, <laughs> when he came in and she was putting stuff out, he was like, oh, shoot. And then now he wants to change the entire bill around as well. So I don't, I don't understand. Can we, can we and more up? importantly, yeah. Melly didn't read the damn bill. Melly. We'll get to oh, her we'll get in a to second. Her. Okay. God. Yeah, no, that's where I was going to. Oh, yeah. That's where I was going to. Melly ain't reading the bill because Melly still ain't got it out of those sweater sets. Melly's stupid. Melly is not reading the bill, guys. Melly wants to... Melly wants to her she might mean well and she probably really wants to be the senator and eventually the president but it seems like Melly you know when kids buy those dress up kits the princess dress up outfits she just wants to say she's something she wants to say she's something without having to do the work because that's my question what does Melly want because if this is a uh, if, if you're really trying to prepare for this you can't just prepare in certain ways by like bringing your sister in and making sure she's vetted and knows what to say or like making sure that you look a certain way and making sure that Fitz is on board and uh, getting this senate seat so then you can be like you have to make sure you're actually going to do these things the fact that she didn't even read the bill and the fact that she underestimated Susan when we all saw mm-hmm. that Susan was more than capable of doing it that she can't even see little things like that. I don't think she's capable. Not only is she not capable, I think it was extremely important that that Susan mentioned not only did Melly go to law school, but that she did better than her husband. Exactly. And I think the reason that this is important is because, and we've talked about this several times, there is an underlying theme in this show of um, women and how they are underestimated and how they are not, they, they don't have a voice or their voice is not heard. Arguably, the same monologue that Rowan or the same mantra that that Rowan has said or repeatedly stated to Olivia that you must be twice as good for half as much also arguably applies to women. The percentages may be different, but it also applies to women, especially when Melly says to Fitz, you have that thing, that charm. So Fitz arguably does not have to be that intelligent. Yeah. All he has to do is be charming, handsome, and ha- come from a good family. You, on the other hand, Melly, you have no choice but to be smart. You have no choice. And I'm literally going to quote what um, Rowan said to his daughter. She has no choice but to be a warrior. 
to be precise, to be calculating, to be pragmatic, to know what needs to be handled, and to handle it because the fundamental belief is that the republic must stand. Mm -hmm. That has to apply to Melly. That's not what we're seeing. We're seeing someone who hasn't read the bill. When Susan says, well, they're going to ask you about it, isn't that what you'd prefer for them to ask you about? Going back to, Abby, what color sweater I have on or whether I have on a sweater set. Wouldn't you prefer for them to ask you, well, what do you think, Madam First Lady? You're running as vice president, blah, 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 blah. How do you think that this bill will affect the, the state police in Virginia? You could, um, well, um. Because you're not charming like Fitz. You have to be smart. So I'm I'm completely at a loss, and not only am I at a loss, it actually irks me that Melly didn't do what Fitz did, because it shows she's not meant to be president. Mm -hmm. The fact that Fitz stopped and actually goes, oh my god, no, you're right, it doesn't make sense, and they literally were like, we're not doing the bill, we're going to create it from scratch, that's presidential. What did Melly do when Melly realized, oh my god, I have to have pizza with her, and then she just leaves? Um, I just, I don't like this whole story with Melly. I like it. I like it, too. I I I like it. I think it's organic to what her character would Mm -hmm. do. I'm just disappointed in her. Yes. Same. I'm just disappointed the way it went down. Yeah. Same. Well, we'll see what happens. I mean, in regards to uh, Melly and the VP, we were also introduced to uh, Marcus Mm -hmm. again. Yeah. He was uh, sleeping with the mayor's wife. But we were introduced to Marcus we saw that he was running for mayor, but then the first, the second scene we saw with Marcus was him covered in blood. So I, I don't know about y'all. I immediately thought I was like, "Oh, great! So he now he killed somebody. Great, awesome." I can't say on camera what I said. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll say what I would like to say about this uh, situation. Um, I'm glad Cornelius was able to come back. Shout out to Cornelius. I know him. I'm so I'm glad the brother came back. But my problem with this story is the fact that. You have this great black man who's for his people, and he's just a great black man, and he's trying to make change. And then you bring him into the se- to, to the second episode, and then he's sleeping with the mayor's wife, who's white. I had a major problem with that because from from uh, from a from a general perspective, you know, there's always this there's always this uh, this thing about how the good black men are always taken or they're always doing something that is not um, the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. And for me, it it, um, it perpetuates a stereotype that there's no good black men or the black men always got to go and run over to the white lady. I don't like it. I, I just, I, I just, I, it, they could have done something far better than that. I just, I don't like it. Um, and I actually made a comment, and I could be wrong. So if you guys are watching right now um, on YouTube, make sure to use the hashtag ABTV scandal. Or if you're just watching and you prefer Twitter, make sure to tweet us. Um, I lived in the District of Columbia for a number of years, um, and and I'm going to do a loop to come back to this point. Um, Shonda Rhimes was recently inducted into the um, National Broadcasters Association Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. During that speak speech, she talked about the fact that she has diversity on her shows, not because she's brave or courageous, but she has diversity on her shows because that is the world in which she lives in. She is simply creating or telling stories based on peoples and characters on all aspects of layers on the world that she sees mm-hmm. around her. Right Now, when I was watching this, what I said is... I could be wrong, but I think that the mayor of D.C. for arguably the last 50 years in the District of Columbia has been Mm African-American. 
Therefore, the story could have been slightly different if the sitting mayor was black and the sitting mayor's wife was also black so that therefore the only dichotomy of of a misstep that Marcus would have made would be sleeping with a married woman mm-hmm. and that necessarily you didn't have to have that secondary layer when when uh, Marcus and Olivia are on the stairs and he says oh you think I'm a hypocrite because presumably we would think he's a hypocrite because you are so just but you're sleeping with a married woman but he was saying it i.e. Do you think I'm a hypocrite because I slept with a white woman? I think that that felt forced for me. And also, to Bam's point, I think the story could have just been slightly different and arguably more realistic if the sitting mayor was, in fact, African-American, given the fact that the sitting mayor for the D- District of Columbia has been African-American for the le- next last 50 years. If I'm wrong, please correct me, but I know that at least for the majority of the last 50 years, the mayor of the District of Columbia has been African-American. Here's, so it would have been more true to form. This is my issue. I agree with everything you're all saying. My issue is there are websites where you can get on because this company <laughs> this company just went it's trying to go public with IPO. Websites you can get on to find married women and married men who want to cheat on their spouse with another married woman or mm-hmm, even single yeah. people. Mm-hmm. Out of all the people he could have slept with, all the pussy in the world. <laughs> And especially in D.C., you couldn't find nobody else but the mayor's wife? And then you're running for office to become mayor? Mm -hmm. Really? Mm -hmm. That just bothered me because I feel like anybody who has a... He went to Georgetown. Mm -hmm. Like, you're that dumb where you would sleep with the mayor's wife? And not only that dumb, but arguably, just like he said, he's living in the community. Like, he's he's dealing with it day in and day out. Someone of that caliber would arguably be more Olivia Pope-esque prior to meeting Fitz, where he's married to his job. He he wouldn't he would have done something so messy, and regardless then, of the race of the person. He would not have done something so messy given how much he arguably probably has sacrificed to get to where he's gotten. And you live in DC and not even And also sleeping in her house. Yes. Like no so one so, so you, you live in DC. He was just he was just on the news for protesting for this father who lost his son, right? Mm-hmm. So people are obviously going to be watching him closer. Mm-hmm. We saw when he went to the police station, they're watching him closer. Mm-hmm. He doesn't think nobody's going to see him going <laughs> to the mayor's house. What is he doing at the mayor's house and the mayor's not there? Mm-hmm. But the wife is on her car's in the driveway. In the daytime. Still in the daytime. In the daytime. Like, walk out, hey, I'm guys leaving. Right. And then, and then there's a moment when, and, and again, I think I know why the writers are doing this, but I'm not going to f- jump down this rabbit hole. There's a moment when basically she hears someone coming and she goes, oh my god, he must be home early. And she goes, hide? And he pauses like he's not going to hide. Get in that closet. Because on some levels, if you're not going to hide, then then why are you not at her house, at your house? Does she kind of say, like, the whole situation seems disrespectful. So what are you going to do? You're either going to man up and be like, oh, I'm, I'm sleeping. I was going to say something else. I'm sleeping with your wife or you're not. The fact that he did... That says something. Does that make sense? Because mm-hmm. I'd actually have preferred for him to be man enough to basically be like, yo, I'm not I'm not going in no closet. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not the help. I have to go there. I'm not the help. I'm not getting in the closet. I'm not hiding. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I'm not your, what's it called, pool boy, mm-hmm. lawn boy. I'm not that. I'm a man. Yes, we're doing something wrong, but I'm going to stand up like a man and let him come in because even if it hadn't been a murderer, do you know how many people that's how they die? Like, and I'm not going, I don't mean to go there to, to say that it, I condone it, but there was a time in the very recent future that if you caught your spouse in the act and you killed either one of the people, that it was not a crime. 
because it was it was automatic insanity that that was such a violation to the sanctity of your marriage that it would only be a normal reaction for someone to act in that violent of a manner. So as a man sleeping with a woman and her husband comes home, maybe we should have stayed there because you don't know what's going to happen. What did you guys think about the um, the way that the murder was cleaned up, though? Because I'm still on the fence about that. Um, I was on the fence, too. I just... Well, well, before we, before I can say this, Sophia called the plot at the beginning of the episode. So, Sophia called it. (laughs) Before we saw that that was true, that the mayor was involved, Mm -hmm. I mean, how else were they going to get the body out? Yeah, it was TV, and you have to break her bones all up and, and, and fold her up in the blanket, and... There's no way you would have been able to get that white rug clean with all that blood on it. There's no way. But, <laughs> I mean, how else? Are, I mean, how I mean, else were they going to get it I out? get it's TV, but even still, like, the show is still smart on certain levels. I just think if, as we saw down the line, he does end up confessing, saying that, you know, I slept with the mayor's wife and the mayor killed his wife. So they're going to start investigating this, right? They're not going to investigate the, the, the crime scene where it could have possibly happened and shine a little black light and see blood. Because no matter how much you scrub, unless they have some special solution, they're going to find some. I don't know. It's just. Well, I'll just say this one thing. Well, I'm glad that he was able to come back and the fact that he does have flaws because now he's a perfect candidate to be OPA. Mm-hmm. So, with that being said, you guys, let us know um, your thoughts on social media. Um, we're watching, we're, we're reading all the comments live, so make sure that you hashtag on social media, ABTV Scandal. Okay, so let's get into the B-16 takedown. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, so what who cares? No, 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 not so what who cares. It's just, um, <clears throat> I was actually pleased with the B-613 takedown this episode. I think that we had some major plot points happen with B613 that need to happen. We saw David kind of stepping up and pretty much taking the reins, saying we're going to take this down. Olivia came into her own, and we touched on it earlier with Papa Pope, but the speech with Papa Pope, once Olivia made her decision saying, you know, I'm not taking your side, I made my decision, Daddy. Um, <laughs> once she did that, though, I loved it. And we did talk about it earlier, but we have to bring it back to this. I just loved how he said, you know, oh, that's good. She's like, no, I'm not on your side. I'm not. She's like, no, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you for not chasing after the white man, and you finally made a decision on your own. And he's like, "You're a worthy <laughs> opponent now. <laughs> like, you're a worthy opponent." I was like, "No." Yo, he shades Olivia on a daily basis, but like you said, it, it was it was accurate. However, now that David knows that Fitz was responsible for that plane going down years ago, mm-hmm. now what? You know what I mean? Because. Fitz is not going to testify. You can't bring the President of the United mm-hmm. States in to say, sure, I shot it down. Roman told me to do it. I mean, mm-hmm. my, I'm sorry, my bad. You can't. That, that's not going to happen. But will Jake, who's involved with it as well, would he be a credible enough witness to testify to anything? Oh, I mean, he would, but is Jake even alive? <laughs> oh, I forgot. <laughs> I forgot. Like, is he even still living? I forgot what happened in an episode that quick. So, you know, if he... Sure, he could testify. If he's breathing. Well. If not, then no. 
No. But um, Sophia, earlier in the episode when Papa Pope was in Olivia's um, apartment mm-hmm. while Russell was laying down, passed out, I wrote, uh, um, I wrote, where is where's Jake? And I said, where's Russell? But you also mentioned, like, where's Jake, mister? Come and protect me. Where, where well, were you? I mean, the, the, the funny thing is with Jake is, I, I did say that. Because, again, the last time we saw, he was a little, you know, patrol dog mm-hmm. on the other side of, of the door. I will again, not read this post. Do you know what I mean? Aren't you yeah. supposed to have two guys, like, protecting her at all times? We still know that, obviously, Roan is a threat. You're going to have to be 613, blah, 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 right? Okay. Again, my problem with the storyline is twofold. David seem, keeps to keep, keeps being surprised. Yeah, they shot down a plane with civilians. Did you not read the binders? Do, do you know what I'm trying to say? Like, I don't know how why you thought that that was such a weird thing for them to, to be able to do. Yes, naming Fitzgerald Grant as the shooter, that is a completely different scenario. Yeah. However, I do keep thinking to myself, okay, so you just found out that your assistant was B613. They're still maneuvering in a way as if they're safe when arguably they know that they are not. Can't trust nobody. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a little weird that they're still like, oh, okay, cool. You know what I mean? Still meeting in the same place. Yeah, like, still meeting in the same place. They're just in his office having drinks. Somebody's going to die. And and this is the thing that I I can't get a read on Olivia. Because even though I just said I'm happy that she evolved, mm-hmm. don't you think she owes Fitz a phone call? Yes. Don't you think she owes him a heads up? Because and at thought- the end of the day... Mm-hmm. Fitz shot down a plane because he was a soldier. Mm-hmm. He didn't do anything wrong. Mm-hmm. It would have been different even if they said, shoot down the civilian plane. He didn't know it was a civilian plane. He thought it was a military tactic. He thought that he was shooting down the enemy. Mm-hmm. He didn't do anything wrong. Theoretically, he didn't do anything wrong in defiance either. You guys did. That's so right. the person who put him in this mess is actually you, mm-hmm. Olivia Pope. Now that you decide that you're no longer going to protect him from the mess that you arguably created, you're not going to give him a heads up. And that's why when she made that call, I thought she was calling Fitz, but instead she was calling Russell to, as Cornelia said, get them draws. She's not calling Fitz because it's it's very... When it comes to Olivia and Fitz in this relationship, it's very... It's like a regular relationship when you go when you having a little uh, a scuffle or a fight with you with your dude. Something go down, you're like, I ain't calling his ass, and that, and that's it. You're not thinking, but you're not gonna call him if you I know, know that the feds are literally about to run up in his house with like SWAT guns, like you know what I, I mean? Know, but it's, to me, it seems like she's you're like, right. I ain't calling his ass. No. The way she did Oop. that little lip quiver though, after when she was walking down the hallway, all dramatic, like. What am I gonna do? Like I thought that she had some type of emotional reaction that would cause her to call Fitz, and I'm just disappointed in you, Olivia. Well, maybe she's not calling Fitz because everybody she tries to help in that way always ends up getting hurt anyway. So maybe she's not calling because she feels like remember she ran away. She went to the island with Jake because she was like, I'm the problem. It's me. So maybe that's why. Maybe that's she runs away from everything. Yeah. 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 Maybe that's why she's not calling him because she feels like if she directly puts herself in contact with him, then he really is in harm's way. So if she stays away, then he's safe. Well, hopefully they figure out or she figures out what she's going to do. We have to jump to the fact that uh, Jake gets a text from Olivia. So we think. And then he goes to OPA. Olivia, where are you? I got your text. And then he gets attacked by a masked man. Um, they start scuffling, fighting. Then he gets stabbed. And we take it off, and it's Russell. I would have liked for it not to have been revealed that it was Russell. Until next week? Until next week or later down the road. Oh. To me, that was... to me. 
because we were still or yeah. I was still hot and bothered from the scene earlier. So yeah, yeah, Me it was it, the whole fight scene. Although I'm glad Jake is, it's alluded that he's dead or maybe potentially gone for a while because I think he can have a seat for a while. Um, not to say that he needs he needs to die, but it was refreshing to see the end result but i just thought the whole thing was sloppy from the from the fake punches just from a visual perspective it just seemed sloppy and rushed especially for b613 agents i can yeah. see that yeah well what i got from it was when he took the mask off i was like great so olivia is really uh trash at picking dudes yeah yeah some people yeah. some people like jay cool i'll give you that some people like her with fits cool i'll give you that but Olivia has not picked one man unless y'all want to uh, bring Edison back. No. <laughs> she hasn't picked one dude. But, 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 uh, but they haven't He was a good one, dude, though. They, That's her point. That's her yeah, point. Yeah. Oh, because you her. laughing. But, no, but he was a good dude, but... Everybody was oh. dragging him when yeah. he was around. Yeah. But there isn't one man on this show that is completely available or completely able to be that dude. Yes, the, yes it's a written show. However... Olivia is trash at picking dudes. I just don't understand how even though she went to that bar and met him, how she would think that anybody within a reasonable dif- distance from DC would not know who she was. I think, I, I think, and we've had this conversation before. I think because she lives in a weird bubble. Yeah. She no, she literally she does. She lives in a weird bubble, and I think that she does not realize that the majority of her life she has actually been protected by her father. So she's been allowed to prance around like she is normal because her daughter, her her dad has actually put a protective shield around her. That's why she lives in a, in a place with no doorman. Like you know what I mean? It's all of these various things. It's even why you know in the lawn chair episode she she thinks she can just kind of walk in into a situation and. Have, and not have anyone read her. Like, she's never been read before. Like, it's actually not hard to think that you have money, given the fact that you probably have $25,000 worth of merchandise on. Right. That, that's an easy read. You know what I mean? So I think that that's part of the problem, is that she really does not realize that she is not normal, that she could be more recognizable for a lot of people in the President of the United States of America. I'm going to just throw this out there. Another reason that Olivia can't pick a good man is look at her background. She didn't grow up with her dad. And, and there's, you know, sometimes people say that, you know, when you don't grow up with a father or you don't have a certain structure in the home, sometimes it causes you to, to do, to, to go the other way. She has daddy issues. So she has daddy, she has daddy issues. Um, her mom was not around. She, I mean, so I, I can see why she picks Batman, Bat, Batman. Or unavailable men. <laughs> Uh, well, and Jake is available. However, after the choke out, you know, it kind of he kind of you know eliminated himself from the running. But I will say this: I will say if she has daddy issues, maybe it's not necessarily daddy issues in the men that she's picking. She has daddy issues where she doesn't know what being loved by a man is supposed to feel like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. She knows yes. what it feels like the way her dad loves her and up until last like last year she thought he didn't have any love for her at all. She resented him, she hated him. She thought he was just this horrible person. She didn't want to have dinner with him, she didn't want to talk to him. So I'll take it back saying she you know, she has any issues in the sense that she can't pick a good man. She just doesn't know what it's supposed to look like. Or what it should look like for her. Because what it looks like for you doesn't look like what it, it's not mm-hmm. what it looks like for me. So she mm-hmm. doesn't know what she wants it to look like. And if somebody presents and say, "Hey, this is what my love looks like," she's like, "No, I can't. No, no." And then she'll and, it, and it's just a cycle. I agree with that. Well, you know, 
another one bites the dust. We thought Russell was good. I, I, was I know. And he was a brother, too. Yeah. I was hoping. Yeah. And, and, and I'm conflicted because I like the twist. I didn't yeah. like the fact that it makes Russell bad, but I like the twist. So do you guys and think, I, sorry to cut you no, off, do you guys yeah. think that Russell is going to be on the show more now? Yeah, I mean he's going. Well, well, I don't think so. Well, or is this decade's mm-hmm. final hoorah? I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna have like a little bit in the next episode, and that's it. Yeah. Because you, I mean, I, are we gonna replace Jake with another B six thirteen boyfriend? I'm gonna like, disagree. Ah. I'm gonna disagree because he's got Reverend Nike on his side. He does. That's true. But Reverend Nike kills people like yeah. that. Bless you. Yeah, you but he's working with Reverend Nike. For now, for now, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Just help me. I'm, I'm trying. (laughs) No, I mean, I I want him to be there too, but no, because I, because I feel, I feel like, I feel like the last three, it's, it's going to be. We're gonna, we're literally now about to be in the eye of of the tornado, right? We went from last episode thinking that Jake was bad, that Jake was really good, and now Jake is dead. And again, Jake is dead at what Olivia's actions, Mm -hmm. right? Arguably, Jake knew what he was getting into. But still, I think we're going to start to see the unraveling, arguably, of Olivia, of what it means to really be about justice. Are you actually, when it when it comes down to, willing to sacrifice your fe- friends and have them be pawns in this war for the Republic? Jake is the easiest one, arguably, to sacrifice because he has chosen to do this and to be in this life. Mm-hmm. Everyone else has not. Well, well, let us know what you think. Um, like we said earlier on iTunes and YouTube, uh, like, comment, and subscribe. If you are on YouTube right now watching us, make sure you click that like button. And on iTunes, click that like button. Um, so, do we have shout out? I was going to shout out a couple of people if I mess up your names. Um, Ismalu, um, Angela, Natrina, um, Elizabeth from Texas. She said that um, that law that I quoted, it's a Texas law. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um... What else do we have? I don't. Sorry, y'all. I don't have my. Marla glasses. York says, "Love this panel. Still think Jake is dead." Um, yeah, it's. This has been really difficult. Benson, Olivia. Yeah. Attitude Prelude. Marla York. Mama Mia. How many people are in there right now? Um, Remy LeBeau. I like how you're not reading it, and I'm the one who needs glasses. Um, it says 181 are watching, <laughs> oh, wow. but I can't. Wow. I can't tell how many people are actually chatting. But it, there, there's a Cassandra lot. Cassandra Shoots. Jeremy yeah. Pointner. Oh, well, thank you so much, guys. We yeah. really do appreciate you watching live and thank you for those who are watching us uh not live because you're watching us in a couple hours or whatever whenever ad if i'm saying it right ad keep talking oh, no worries. ad lexi gray nba gladiator lily tesfay tickled lady mm-hmm. ronnie Wee. i recognize these twitter names um guys make sure you Diva tune in every Pinkston. single week and if we didn't we said it earlier we're going to start doing um periscope Green, greenage lexi gray periscope every week we'll do a pre-show before our after show so you guys can see us outside of our little hosting elements i mean we're not really that hosty up here yeah. already but you'll see us even more relaxed um you get to see me with my hair pulled back and looking <laughs> like a librarian with my glasses on right now okay. <laughs> <laughs> no makeup yeah. make sure you click that like it on you about your hair oh my god sophia your hair where you get your hair here, hook a sister up, Canela. Like, oh, your lipstick. Are there. That's Sophia's hair now. Hold but on. No, no, no. But they're talking about your lipstick. Oh. But no, thank you, Canelia. That's Sophia hair. Don't get <laughs> Where you get your hair from, my mama. <laughs> I got good hair. I got African in my family. <laughs> but guys, now it's time for Canelia's cold piece of the week. All right, this is gonna be a growing folks moment, guys. Yes. 
Cold piece of the week for Scandal. Episode 19 of season 4 has to go to Russell's pipe game. It goes to uh, Russell's pipe game. He put it down on Olivia. First of all, he took his shirt off. He took his shirt off the last time. He took his shirt off this time. I don't know about y'all, but I was super excited. I was hella excited because he took his shirt off. So it appears. And he put it down so much that he fooled Olivia into thinking he was a stand-up dude. I thought he was a good dude. He fooled me. Fool you once, shame on me. You took your shirt off, shame on me again. (laughs) Um, He was working with Rowan. And the whole twist of it, the, the whole the whole idea that he was a bad guy, he's B613 this whole time, it just it, it 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 just threw me for a loop. And for that, I'm giving Russell's Pipe Game uh cold piece of the week. And for cold piece of the week, I'm giving it to uh me and Sophia's hormones for when Russell was Russell was getting the draws because we couldn't contain ourselves because he was putting it down. That as cold piece said, me and Sophia's hormones. Guys, let us know who you think Cold Piece and Cold Piece Et of the Week is. And I'm going to give a double Cold Piece to for hating over here. Talking yes, about call him hating. out. I was just about to call him out. I'm going to Cold Piece Et Et. Talking about some so what, you know who what? cares. Talking about so what, who cares. I'm honored because I, I, that to me is like a great honor to be a Cold Piece. So I, I accept that. Thank you. Off with your head. Oh, jeez. So what, who cares? No. Oh, hey. Got that pipe game, though. He was putting it down. But, yeah, guys, let us know what you think. Um, hit us up on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Hashtag Cold Peace and hashtag Cold Peace at. Yes. All right, guys. Um, now it's time for predictions. <coughs> and now, your AfterBuzz TV predictions. Um... My phone went dead right before I started the episode, but somebody sent me something saying Jake isn't dead, which I hope is not true. But if it is true, then I'm going to pull a so who cares from him because I really, really, really want him to be dead. Can I jump in? Yes. So I went to my IMD Pro account. And for episode, if this is a spoiler alert, guys. Bam, bam, bam. Oh, is, is it a spoiler, spoiler alert? I'm just saying that Jake. I don't think Jake. Spoiler Jake's, alert! I don't think he's spoiler dead. alert! Go ahead, man. I don't think Jake's dead because according he's listed, he's listed as appearing on episode 422. Bye, Jake. Oh, you know what I'll say then? You know what I'll say? Come back as a flashback. You May 7, 2015. I don't You're think he, I'm going to tag on the Bam. I don't think he's dead either. <laughs> and I just say that because I think with Jake. Uh, because the show seems to like him, I think they would have gave it, given him a, a, a bigger, yeah, like a his bigger was goodbye. <laughs> like a, uh, uh, I think it would have been a huge thing. Like they did for James. James definitely dramatic. Yes. Okay. This is a problem. Is I really like this episode. I like the pace of it. I like everything about it. Two or three things I didn't like. If Jake is in fact not dead, then this is stupid. There is absolutely no way that Rowan can send his top guy to actually tussle with him, to actually stab him, to be on top of him, say, I am disappointed in you that this was so easy, that you are the golden boy, and said, next time I stab you, I want you to scream, that he would not have left there literally after... Yeah. Cutting his neck. There is no way that a B613 <clears throat> agent would leave without 100% knowing that Jake is dead. Agree. 
and if he stabbed. Do, I'm sorry. Go ahead. If they do that, then it's 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 like it's like a telenovela. It's not even a soap opera. I have to say it's a telenovela where the person actually comes back from the dead and was in the ground. Yo, and they should do really it on Passions whatever. all the time. We'll Teresa faked her death like three and, times. And, oh, my and today with those people in wills. And Russell, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. And <laughs> Russell stabbed. Like Russell did stab Jake. Literally, like I counted on at least four times. <laughs> So I really hope it's not on some. He had some, you know. Maybe he stabbed him that many a times, and so he can like suffer, like bleed out or something. But either way, I don't think Jake. So yeah. okay. And my only prediction is that I think that things are going to become chaotic, and this will be the season where Olivia will finally have to make a decision of whether or not she is going to protect Fitz or not. There is no way that that choice cannot basically be the line on the sand at the end of this season. It has to happen. I agree. Um, my last question before we wrap up. So when they would go down in the wells, did they like crawl back up oh, a year later? Oh, no. <laughs> it was, I remember, it was, what's her name? I forget Janet. her name. Natalie, Natalie and Janet. Yeah. Natalie, they threw Natalie in the well and her evil twin sister was acting like her for like a year. Oh my God, I remember yeah. this. I and remember she was this. stuck in the well the whole this. time. Yes. And then somehow, I forget how she came out, but she was down in that well and they thought she was dead. Well, no, they think she was dead. They thought their evil sister was yeah. Oh my God. All right, guys. Thank you so much for watching. We tune. I was about to say we tune in. We love you guys watching every single week, and Can we really do appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Really. Uh, Ariane, Dominique, KD, Reader Thirteen, V Beck. Three, three, three. <laughs> Perfect. We really do appreciate all you live watchers. Really, really, really do appreciate because it. it's late for West Coast and it's really late for East Coast. Yeah. And anybody and watching overseas, UK. we have yeah. some UK watchers too. Overseas, and I don't Brits. know what time. What time is it in UK right now? Is it? It's six plus. It's like seven o'clock in the morning. Oh, okay. Oh, you guys are early. Well, thank you guys so much for mm-hmm. watching. We really, really do appreciate it. Where can we find you all on social media? You can find me on all social media at Bay Americson. at Sophia Stanley Twitter and Facebook, the Sophia Stanley on Instagram, and at Canelia Twitter Instagram on Facebook. Uh, for me, at Emil Innes Jr., everything um, Chasing LA on YouTube, and at Emil Innes Jr. on Periscope, which we will now start doing. Um, and Cornelia just joined Periscope, too, so make sure you go follow her. And as soon as it's available on Android, Sophia and Bam will be joining as well. So, guys, we really do appreciate you joining us every single week. We love you. This is a big goodbye from the Fat Four and a countdown for the last three episodes of the season. Bye, guys. Bye! From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 